0: Hi everyone, it's Tom Panos here. I've got with me Tony Williamson from Remax in Cairns, one of the lead officers in North Queensland, only been operating 2 years. Tony, welcome. Thanks Tom, thanks. Uh, Tony, I deliberately wanted to have this interview because in 2 years you've gone in there and totally dominated in the marketplace you work in Cairns, very aggressive and you've done it in a short period of time. What makes a good real estate agent in a market that's so
1: hard at the moment? Yeah, Tommy, our market is a bit upside down. Um, what we've found is that the uh, the agent that comes to work with the, not just a positive attitude, but a powerful attitude. You know, like an attitude of like, okay, regardless of what, what I've read in the paper or what I've seen on the TV or, or what I've heard from my mates or my partner, I'm going to go to work today and I'm going you know, to be above all that. So these guys have got to come to work, guys and girls, and just sort of really perform, you know, really step up and get on stage. So to you, even though the market's been hard, what's that to have changed
0: is the attitude of the people working in the market?
1: Yeah, well, the market is the market, okay? We can't change the market. All we can change is our response to the market. So we continually train and motivate and educate our staff to say, listen, guys, it's tough out there, but you've just got to be tougher. You know, you've got people with real problems. Real, you know, real losses that people, are, some people are losing 50% on their money in three short years, and we've just got to be above all that. You know, we've got to be the practitioner. It really is hard.
0: So, for the viewers out there, Cairns is a marketplace which relies very much on discretionary income, and you're saying that some homes have dropped what, uh, 30,
1: 40%. Yeah, we're seeing 30, 40, 50%. Just in the three, you know, two, two and a half years, three years since we've been open. Okay. Uh, were you a good salesperson when you were operating? Because you're a principal now. Yeah, Tom, I've got a funny story with real estate. I started when I was very young and I learnt my craft. I learnt my craft in a very successful ray White office back in the late 80s. Um, but I think that's important that you actually do your apprenticeship as a salesperson. And I did it pretty tough. In those days, funny system was that the average price in Kansas was $80,000. a half percent commissions meant we got about $2,000 commission in total. It went 90% to the selling agent, 10% to the listing agent. I was a good lister. Every time I listed something, someone else in the office would sell it. So 10% of the 2,000 went to the selling agent, and I was on 40%. Right. So I was making $80 a deal. Right. Okay? So that's when you learn your craft and you're making $80 commission for every sale you do.
0: Okay. Tell me, what did you learn during that apprenticeship in
1: real estate? I learned a few things. I learned uh, that you had to take the hard knocks, and, and you had to also... One thing I suppose I did learn is that when I was going to create my office, it was going to be fair. You know, 90, 10 is ridiculous. You know, like you've got a a good young person like me in the office that's a good listing agent that was losing, you know, nine-tenths of his sale to someone that couldn't run a buyer. You know, so I had to make an office fair and I had to make it transparent and I just had to make it a good place to go to work. Right. You know, a fun place. That office wasn't fun. And the thing is, the reason I didn't leave it for so long is because I didn't know where else to go. You know, I ended up leaving that office and going to university. I was that frustrated.
0: Okay, so um, you've gone to uni and you studied accounting, I think you Yeah, did. I did
1: commerce accounting, yeah.
0: Okay, so what happens next? You finish your, your degree?
1: Yeah, it's a funny thing, you know, like no one prepares you for when you go to uni. I finished my degree and I thought, okay, what do you do now, Tony? The only thing I knew how to do was do real estate. So I went back to real estate and I did exceptionally well. Funny story was I thought I'd better go and get some tax advice. So I went to Price Waterhouse and I said, guys, I'm making all this money selling real estate. And they asked me a few questions about my background. I said, I've just got a commerce degree, I've got this, I've got that. And they offered me a job on the spot. (laughs) Right. So I thought, geez, this little man inside my head saying, well, look, you're not using your degree, you've just spent three years at uni. And, you know, and these guys have made all these promises. So all of a sudden, gone from a successful agent to being an accountant.
0: Okay, so agent to an accountant, how long did you stay in accounting? Five years. Okay, and what made you leave accounting to go back into... Because they're a decent firm, the firm you just talked yeah, about. Yeah, great
1: firm, great firm, great uh, great platform for me to learn to be an accountant. Um, just, my wife and I were just sitting on the back deck strategizing over Christmas time, strategizing our way forward, and uh, I said, well, look, I really can't see myself owning an accounting practice, and i still got this real estate in my blood, you know? Like, And she said, well, why don't we go and open a real estate office? And dead set, and I think I've told you this before, it was like the scene from Rocky Two where... where uh, where Adrian, Rocky's wife, lying in bed unconscious. She wakes up and she goes, what are we going to do? And Rocky goes, oh, I'm going to give up fighting. And she goes, no, win. And Mickey, the trainer, goes, what are we waiting for? It was literally like that. I was like, what are we waiting for? Bloody hell. So I went and resigned as an accountant. Boom. Went and bought a half share in a Century 21 franchise in Cairns. Right. And that was the start of the growth now. You did well? Did tough, you know? Did tough. There's a couple of light bulb moments that, you know, like... End of the 90s in Cairns, once again, sticky market again. Um, <clears throat> had a good little office, had five salespeople. You know, thought this is good. Had a little rent roll, you know, churning along. And then there was three distinct light bulb moments that happened around the same time. The first one was that the business had made 250000 profit for the year, which ordinarily is pretty good. But then I thought, well, hang on, I did 500000 in sales. And in Cairns in those days, that was over 100 individual sales, you know, because the commission rates were so low. So I'd done 500000 in sales, the business made 250000 profit. So effectively, I was a 50-50 agent in my own office. Right. And I thought, that's not sustainable. The second thing was, there was a franchise salesperson that just came door knocking one day. And we just talked, over a cup of coffee, and he said, Tony, what would your business look like if you had 50 salespeople? And Tom was literally, bloody hell. That was an aha moment. You know, like the glass ceiling above my head just shattered. Yeah, yeah. And then the third defined moment, around the same time, was I came across Dr. Fred. Yeah. And Dr. Fred's a master at getting rid of all your self-imposed limitations.
0: Okay, so mm. essentially you're saying you've gone through a journey of uh, rewriting your agreement with reality, changed some self-limiting beliefs, developed as a person, succeeded on the inside to succeed on the outside. What happens next?
1: Well, I had a clear vision. I put goals in place. I had I had uh, every reason in the world to succeed. I invested in a coach. You know, like I just, I just knew that I could do it, you know? Yeah. I had this great finance background. I had just momentum within myself. So I've had momentum in myself. I thought, well, okay, we've got to get momentum in the marketplace. So I've actually moved the office. I went out and recruited some quality people. And then all of a sudden, with my newfound desire and newfound direction, boom, all of a sudden the business just went through the roof. Okay.
0: Tony, what makes a good salesperson? You've got a good helicopter view now because you've got how many people in your sales team? We've got 18
1: sales teams. So
0: they've got 18 sales people. So you can see the good ones, you can see the bad ones, you can see the ones that sort of are just dabbling, hanging in there. What makes a good salesperson?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I I just believe it's, it's their personal desire and I think it's their ability to get back up. I think, you know, there's a lot of times when you take some big hits in this job and I think it's your ability to get back up and make that next call, you know. And the other thing in cans, it's it's having a lot of courage, right? Okay, that courage to go back again when I mean, that little voice inside your head saying, "Look, you know, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. You know, just don't do it. Don't annoy that guy again. Don't do that. You know, just to go back again and again and again and get that business." Okay, so <clears throat> what I'm hearing
0: is an attitude and persistence and uh, the ability to reject rejection and keep going is, is important.
1: Yeah, and also the ability to, to, to read and empathise with the client. You know, if there's a guy that's paid 500000 for his house and you're telling him it's worth 280000 you know, if he's dropped two twenty in a relatively short time frame, you know, you've got to be able to sit down with the guy and, you know, you've got to show value in the face of a bad situation, you know, because you've got to actually understand that um, there's a book... Have you read the book, uh, uh Death and Dying by Kubler-Ross. I haven't read it, it's, no. It talks about the five stages of acceptance. It's a pretty gruesome book, but most of the medical profession read it. And the stages of acceptance talk about that when something bad happens, that people go through a process before they accept the, the new reality. And the first step that they go through is denial. So a lot of times when we're talking to a seller, Mr. Seller, the market's here, but you're here. You know, they're saying, look, Tom, I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to, you know, don't give me that rubbish. They're in denial. Right. But you've got to understand what they are in the thing. Because the next stage is anger. Right. And so, a lot of times when they're yelling at you, it's actually a positive sign because they're going through that stages of acceptance. What's the next stage? The next stage is bargaining. Right. Where they say, Tom, look, we appreciate it's worth 280, but couldn't we just leave it at 350 for a couple more weeks? And you've got to show them evidence again to show them that, hang on, guys, it's not worth 350. And then the next stage is depression. When they say that lovely line, we're not going to give it away. You know, oh, this is just dreadful. If that's where it is, just take it away. And then the next stage is acceptance. And we do a lot of work on that. And we actually plot where our sellers are at so we can understand what they're going through. Well, that's really interesting because I think you've just given us the the
0: breakdown, the science of vendor management and the processing that goes through a vendor's head. Um, And it sounds like that good real estate agents in Cairns at the moment have to be great at having those crucial conversations. Even though they feel uncomfortable, they are in fact going to lead to a happy result at the end.
1: Yeah, we, we also employ the uh, the doctor mentality. Like we say, you know, what makes a good doctor? You go to three doctors, which one's the best doctor? It's the doctor that asks you the best questions, you know, and the doctor that gives you the best, you know, ideas to move forward to make you better. You right. know, and we have that doctor mentality as agents. You know, we go there and we consult with the client, ask them a lot of questions, really pull out all the information so that we can give them a series of events that they can move forward.
0: Okay, I want to talk about the concept of. Um the attraction agent you guys are very attractive you stand out you're very media focused you dominate our publication in Cairns which is the main publication in that marketplace you're obviously good at getting VPA as a business um, what makes you different to other agents in the marketplace well, there?
1: just to carry on my little story about before how I had that change with those light bulbs Like I end up selling my business in 2006 yeah my wife and I retired And after four years, we came back to work. So we started up a business in 2010, just completely fresh, okay, completely fresh from start. And I realised that the way forward to grow my business in my marketplace was through a lot of marketing, a lot of print marketing, a lot of digital marketing. So what we did was we started right at the back of the bus, okay, and I wanted to get to the front of the bus. And the only way I could do that was by revolutionising how people were selling advertising in our marketplace. Right. So everyone was just selling the certain size ads because that's how it was always done. So I said to my guys that I've had two recruits at that stage, I said, listen, our smallest ad is going to be the same size as our competitor's biggest ad, okay? And they're like going, oh, geez, we can't do that. You know, we can't do that. This is going to be too hard to sell. You know, the market's tough. We can't... Someone wants two hundred thousand for the house. We can't go and get three thousand dollars advertising package. I said, no, guys. Look, if we're going to be serious about this and we're going to move from the back of the bus to the front of the bus, we have to sell marketing. The, the Cairns Post, the marketing model that we use in, in the newspaper, is actually the scorecard to the marketplace on how good we're traveling. So what we did, we started selling these big third of a page ads. And before we knew it, we had ten listings. Eight of them in the paper. We had over two pages of ads. And everyone started saying, "Jeez, these guys are going good." geez these guys are going good and we found that our profile was the best form of prospecting Tom because people were attracted to the business all of a sudden Remax had something going good the office had something going good and you know the sellers were saying what are these guys doing we want to be with them.
0: Our profile was the best form of prospecting I love that so basically you were you were uh, you'd built momentum you were getting people calling
1: you versus necessarily doing a lot of cold calling. Absolutely yeah we The the, the actual, Monday morning, we're getting phone calls from people saying, come and list my house. We see what you guys are doing, you've changed up the ads, you know, your professional photos, you know, you've taken it to another level in our community, come and list our house.
0: What do you say to people out there that are watching this and there's lots of young people that struggle with the concept of getting marketing or struggle with the concept of getting listings or just finding it really hard at the moment. What advice would you give to them, uh, Tony?
1: Yeah, I think um, if you can get that right, that the number one form of prospecting is your profile, and if you can work on that, and if you've got no fear about selling marketing. You know, we work for nothing until we get the thing sold, okay? And if you believe in marketing, if you believe in vendor-paid marketing, and if you believe in digital marketing and print newspaper, and if you're actually selling your own house, would you actually do it? Like if I sold my house, I'd do a big campaign on the paper, big campaign on digital, okay? So I've got no problem selling it. To the people of Cairns, because I know it's their number one way of attracting the best possible buyer. Okay. Can I ask you?
0: We talked about a lot of positive qualities. Can I ask you about negative qualities? I want to ask you about what is it that some people that just fluff around, they struggle, they they making thirty or forty thousand dollars a year in real estate. What do they do wrong? I mean, I'm sure it's not what they, you know,
1: want to be yeah. having as a result. What is it that they do wrong? Look, I, I. I, I think the number one in our marketplace is that the guys run out of gas. You know, that we always talk about one of the KPIs that we always talk about is how much air is in your tyres. You know, like how, how pumped up are you today? When you come up the stairs at REMAX, are you pumped up to, you know, to do it? Some of the guys that have just come off, you can just see that they've actually deflated. Right. You know, they're like the balloon that's lost the gas. They're just right. coming down, you know. And you just say, listen, guys, you know, I can't change you, I can inspire you, I can motivate you, but, you know, and I can provide the environment that if you want to change, that you can change, but it's up to you to pump up your own tyres. You know? You've got to come to work with a good attitude.
0: Um, I know that that's one of your jobs, getting people to feel terrific about themselves being at work. You spend a lot of time doing training every day. Um, what are the things that you encourage people to keep them not getting deflated, to stay motivated? What are some suggestions?
1: Yeah, we try and... The, the whole culture of the organisation is all about, you know, making money, having fun and going home. So we try and get that balance right as best we can, and, but we're really conscious on that power management. Not so much time management, time but power management. And when you're on stage, you know, you're probably on stage at a listing presentation or a buy presentation, you know, three or four hours a week. You know, if you can't be on stage and pumped up at that time, you know, there's something wrong. You probably should be in another job, you know? Yeah,
0: you mentioned when we were having lunch a couple of weeks ago that you call them conversations more than uh, uh, appraisals or something to that degree.
1: Yeah, we took the whole listing presentation thing away. We We just go out and we consult, as I said, like the doctor. We go out there and, look, Tom, thanks for inviting me out today. You know, you've got a beautiful home, you know. Let's talk. You know, let's talk. You know, tell me what's going wrong, tell me about your last experience with an agent, tell me how did you sell your last house, you know, tell me this, tell me that, and we extract everything out of you. And then I just say to you, Tom, look, your first decision, before we worry about marketing or price or anything else, is your choice of agent. I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to be your agent, but, you know, we need to talk that through to make sure that you're a good fit for me and I'm a good fit for you. So we'll let go of the outcome, you know, and it affects our income, because it takes the pressure off the guy. And Tom, some of the best listing consultation slash presentations we're doing at the moment are in our office. Right. So you ring up and say, listen, Tony, I'm thinking about selling my house. I'm getting three agents out. I say, great, Tom. What time can you come to the office? And you're like, hang on. It's about my house. I'm saying, no, it's not, Tom. It's about you and I working together in the sticky cans market to get you the best possible price. So it's just as important that you see my house as it is that I see your house. So come into the office, meet some of the team, meet some of the guys that are going to be working with me to get your property sold, and we'll have a chat.
0: Okay, and then step two is then you go to the property.
1: Well, at that stage, we list the we list the house without having seen it. Without having seen it, absolutely. So we list the house, and then we go out and do the full property inspection. We do the you know we do the uh, pricing strategy, we do the marketing strategy, but there's no pressure on us because we've already got the house listed. Okay, so what you're
0: saying, Tony, is that this is about uh, a relationship between an agent and a vendor, and then process marketing. All that sort of stuff is worked out afterwards. It's about them feeling that you're the right partner in the marketplace.
1: Yep, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. Like it's a, it's an alliance between the agent and the owner to get them the best possible price. We're a very vendor-focused office, you know. So, we need to get the vendor in, and we need to get the vendor on our side, and we need to be on the side of the vendor. Right. Okay. There's still not a lot of sunshine for the vendors selling at the moment, so we need to be on their side, and going forward, totally transparent relationship okay Tony finally I want to ask you knowing what you know today about
0: real estate success mistakes the stuff that works and the stuff that doesn't if you were meeting yourself again 10 years ago what advice would you give yourself
1: yeah look I probably would have um, I wouldn't have been so much influenced by friends and family you know I left the industry when I was a young fella go and get a degree. And I've got no regrets on doing that, but that wasn't my decision. There were so many people saying, look, Tony, you're too smart to be an agent. Tony, you need to get a degree. Tony, you need to do this. And, you know, it just all weighed up and then I listened to them and went and got the degree. Um, you know, I think I would have just, if I had a, I don't know, it was a better mentor or just better direction. You know, like I just got such a passion for real estate. I just, I just love it. You know, and I've, I've left it a couple of times to sort of pursue other things, thinking the grass was greener on the other side but the grass is not green on the other side. This is a wonderful job that gives you wonderful lifestyle, wonderful travel, wonderful choices, but it also gives you a good kick now and then, okay? And as I said earlier, it's not about how good you are, it's how quickly you can get up after you've been kicked so bloody hard. Alrighty, Tony, thank you so much for coming in. It's
0: excellent having you here. And for uh, those of you that have watched this, some of the things that came out of it is the importance of attitude, persistence, we talked about the attraction business. We talked about your response time down, that you are going to be down, but it's the amount of time that you're down with. This has been Tony Williamson from REMAX. Thanks, Tom.